All right, you're fired. What if that was actually good? What if like getting fired was the best thing that ever happened to you? What if you like went into your job and you did absolutely nothing, but you actually got paid? So like this story is diving into one such case of a guy that was paid to do absolutely nothing, just sit on his butt. Maybe he's reading Reddit stories. Is this about me? No, I'm just kidding. I love I love my job. This is my first solo episode without John. Uh, I miss him already. So say, hey, John, I miss you in the comments if you also miss John. So we're going to talk about what happens when you achieve the American dream. Getting to do nothing and still making bank. <laughs> An epiphany was had this morning as I peruse Reddit, sipping code red and toying with the notion of stepping outside for my third cigarette in an hour. A lot of cigarettes, smoking kills. Nine years and two months of my life have been devoted towards the goal of personal advancement within a small yet thriving company. I arrived one spring morning at the offices of a local company, just a 15-year-old acne-encrusted, bespeckled face in the crowd with a dot matrix printed resume extolling my massive abilities with the 386 computer and willingness to work after school. I was immediately hired at minimum wage and began a series of menial jobs within said company, including authorizing credit cards and serving as a squeaky voice telephone operator. Great first job. I mean, one of my first jobs at Nike, actually, in Australia, selling shoes. It was awesome. Love that first job. Can look at someone's foot and know their size. I don't, I don't know why I'm winking. At 16, I graduated from high school and moved off to the wonderful world of college. Yet for the sole reason of tuition reimbursement, I continued with the same company, continuing to bounce around from department to department, serving as a van driver, a shipping and receiving inspector, an MIS administrator. I never stayed in one place for very long. And it it was during this time period, the wonderfully blurry undergraduate years, that I unknowingly sowed the seeds of my current employment bliss. The groundwork was laid. Some exciting foreshadowing happening right now. Come graduate school, my contributions to said company began to become clear to some in positions of power. I was transferred for the 11th time in six years, this time to a place of some responsibility for the everyday running of the company. Man's moving up in the world, becoming the head honcho. By day, I struggled to comprehend super string theory, laboring under the false assumption that a master's degree in physics would bring exciting things for me. By night, I climbed the corporate ladder, supervision ship, management, power. Man's gonna freaking become Jeff Bezos in no time. I had it all at the age of 21, a brand new piece of paper designating me a master in physical sciences and a management position in a strong company, a score of people twice my age reporting to me. Man has minions that are like mid forties with receding hairlines is pretty sick. I worked 70 hours a week, but I believe that I had achieved in a short amount of time what it had taken my father 50 years to attain. Good on you, OP. Good on you. Then came September 11th. As the Twin Towers fell, the economy fell with it. Damn, that sucks. You know what doesn't suck, though, is September 11th flight deals. We... We flew on September 11th and we got like 25% off. Faced with massive layoffs, my company was forced to cut my entire department and leave all responsibilities solely in my hands. I was a manager with no employees, a general without an army. <laughs> no more balding uh, people to do your bidding, bro. No, no more bald bidders. I, I associate like office work with shiny heads, but... 
I just, I just do. Yet, I still toiled long and hard, long and hard. It continued this way for three months. I never slept. I spent every waking minute at the office, yet convinced myself this was still the greatest thing going. The American dream. Dude, Americans just love to work themselves to death. How is, why is that the American dream? That it's just like, I am going to work until I die. And then my children will get to work until they die. And then their grandchildren will do the same forever and ever. How is that? American dream. I think there should be more doing nothing. One day in a morning coffee and donuts meeting, a vice president suggested the possibility of moving myself and my responsibilities out of the corporate offices to a satellite facility some a thousand miles away. Dude, your vice president is trying to get rid of you. It's like, hey, uh, you're doing a great job here, but like you smell so bad and I would love it if you just did your work a thousand miles away. I would love it if you just did your work so I didn't have to look at you. Look at your non-shiny head because really when I look at someone's head, I want to look at myself and you're not bald enough for me to do that. Fucking vice presidents with their ego, bro. A thousand miles away. That's so mean. Anyway, seeing this as an opportunity for advancement, I jump. OP never fails to make it, you know, some some silver lining in this bitch. So I arrive, acquired a large office in a remote corner of said facility and continued with my march towards greatness. Freaking the, the Caesar of, of boring office jobs. Et tu brute, vice president stabbing me in the back by putting me a thousand miles away. But maybe this is, maybe this is a good thing. So then something strange and wonderful happened. In Outlook, an email appeared with my name in the courtesy copy field. Apparently, a new vice president had decided to delegate the responsibilities that once were mine to another department, which is not good because that means that you are no longer needed. That means your job is completely like superfluous, superfluous. It's just not needed. Your job is eliminated. You're about to be fired. Ah, okay, as OP says too. Immediately frightened for my job and my well-being, I was tempted to scream out. Yet, thankfully, I remained silent, like a little lamb silently waiting on top of the hill, ready to be sheared. But maybe if the lamb doesn't bow, it won't be sheared. It'll be spared. Its coat will grow thick and furry and curly, and then it'll be twice the oomph, twice the butt fur that it would have had. I don't know why I'm talking about lamb butt fur. Anyway, I continued to come into the office on time every day, picked up the random pieces of my old job that were left scattered in the transition and waited for the word. That, my friends, was four months ago to the day. After 30 days, I became convinced that I was a forgotten, non-digestible entity in the corporate stomach. <laughs> wow, what a what a metaphor, man. This is the, the piece of gum that just stuck to the lower intestine of Big Daddy Warbucks, never to be flushed down the toilet of corporate efficiency. No man ever comes over to ask for anything. Although I am but a manager and directors roam the hallways like rabid hyenas, I am much too senior to all of them for them to attempt an attack. Every once in a while, the phone will ring. An old acquaintance will ask for help solving a problem, and I gladly comply. Sometimes I let the phone ring, but the voicemail light never comes on. They move on to the next target under the false assumption that I am much too busy to be bothered. So OP is just like, dodging 
every every attempt at someone in the company trying to make them work. OP is freaking matrixing about like freaking dodging bullets left and right. Like, oh, like, can you do this task? Oh, oh can you like sign this memo? Freaking Neo over here. I start coming in later, wearing blue jeans on Monday. The gall, testing my limits. I take 25 cigarette breaks a day. OP, you gotta, that's a pack a day. You gotta, you gotta slow down. Come back into my air conditioned office, dim the lights, and browse the internet in a half comatose state until I determine that it is time to pack up for the day. Old copies of Baseball Weekly adorn the mahogany desk. The reams of paper lie in and around the unattended trash bin, each covered with random drawings of stick figures and jet fighters. This is like just like the the bored kid in school. Uh, you know, like like you know, like when you would I don't know if you ever did this, but like I would draw like the S's in school and like that was my big doodle or or dicks. Well, let's be real. It was more dicks than S's. I was a big dick drawer. I often roam the hallways with a piece of paper and a mug of coffee, exchanging pleasantries and talking about the weather and equally mindless topics with my coworkers. I go to meetings and other managers gaze with reverence at my presence. I'm never invited, but to those who know not what I do, I am respected and welcomed, which is like the ultimate sign of respect. It's like, I have no idea what that guy does, but like, damn, let's give him a little nod. Doing great work, Bill. Doing great work, OP. What are you working on? <laughs> it would take too long to explain. As in, I have uh, a lot of Reddit to read right now, and I don't want to explain it to you. It hit me this morning that perhaps all of my endless toil and hard work has landed me here. I've transferred so much within the company that all my paperwork has long since misplaced. I exist only in a computer program that spits out a four-digit paycheck to my bank account every other Thursday. Just another tick on the underbelly of the corporate war dog. <laughs> What's with all these animal references? Too senior to be fired, too misunderstood to be bothered. I am truly the forgotten employee. And so, my Reddit friends... I am quite open to suggestions about how I may truly test the boundaries of my newly discovered freedom. A webcam lays in its box underneath my desk, awaiting my motivation to install it. No suggestion is outside the boundary of reason or consideration, for I have found my holy grail. I have achieved the American dream. And there is a part two to this, but like... What should OP do? My first thing is like, okay, if you're trying to test the limits, if you're really trying to test the limits, like try to go on a vacation, like ditch the office, go remote, bro. Like turn on that webcam and, and, and like get this, like a green screen and say like, oh no, I'm at the office. Just like I would, I would try to, to move around a little bit. Um, because then if you could get, still get the paycheck and not have to show in at all, then that, that's the true American dream. And this kind of reminds me of like office space. I don't know why, like, like I don't know if anyone's seen office space, but Milton in office space, he has this red stapler and he's like continuously just moved around uh, the office into like worse and worse locations till eventually he's like in the basement away from everyone else. The only thing about that situation is Milton is not paid and this guy is. So I feel like this guy's actually at like, like he's hit the jackpot. Um, 
The thing is, I, my question to you, though, is if you hit this kind of jackpot, do you tempt fate by trying to be a little bold and see if you can, like, not show up to the office? Do you tempt fate? That is my question to you. Put your answers in the comments uh, and say, I choose to tempt fate if you would try to push things a little bit or say, I am a safe Sally if you would not and just like keep taking the check. But uh, let's get into part two of this story. All that I have worked for over the past five months of not working nearly came to a horrible death this past Friday. It's because you tried to tempt fate. Those Fate tempters, you know, they're, they're, you're rocking the boat and you're just going to get tossed away. You're going to drown at sea. You're going to get eaten by a sea monster. You're going to meet Nessie, go on a date and then get catfish, dragged by that catfish into the depths of the sea and buried under the mud. Uh, and that's not what you want. I arrived at the office at 1030, still dressed in the wrinkled khaki pants from my very lengthy Thursday night at the bar. I sneaked into the side door and made a beeline for my office. On the way, I was stopped by an electrician who informed me that they were working on the air conditioning in the office building and that some sections of the sprawling complex would be without electricity during different parts of the day. He reassured me that if I was indeed in an occupied area of the building, that I would be informed in plenty of time. Of course, since nobody knows I exist, I expected to be left in the darkness at some point during the day. The guy's not even going to come out of his office when it's completely dark and the lights are turned off and the energy is no more. Man is just going to silently browse Reddit and not try to rock the boats, except maybe the boat will be rocked anyway. I eased into my office, shut the door and sat down at my desk. My morning regimen consists of checking baseball scores, a quick once over of Reddit, and then off to randomly scour the network drive for Excel documents. I will pull up at least five spreadsheets ranging from actual important price sheets to recent company softball scores. It doesn't matter as long as it's an Excel document. Is it that, is that, is it that easy to like just trick people that you are working on something? Does no one ever, I guess, yeah, you explained he's too senior to be checked on, but thanks, that easy. I print them out, then walk to the other side of the office building to copy them. Somehow, in my mind, this makes it look like I'm working and looks are the most important thing. That is so true of corporate America. Like when I worked in, in for or like around corporate people, it's all appearances and it's this giant like finger blaming and finger pointing game of like, oh, no, 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 I didn't fuck up. That guy fucked up. It's just, I hate it. I hate it. It's so false and so just like inauthentic. Like, like no one will say anything to your face. It's like, it's, it's like, oh, like, I'm sorry for your, I'm sorry that you misunderstood, which means just like, I'm sorry that you're a fucking idiot and can't understand something simple. Like. Just like all of these corporate doublespeak things that I hate. Anyway, on my way to the copy machine, I was, I was stopped by a fellow manager, one who actually works, which I assume is most of the people at this company. He reminded me, reminded, of a 11 o'clock meeting in the conference room, and I played dumb. I guess like only way to play it, right? If you have no idea what's going on. Oh, uh, you had to have gotten the email. It was sent to all the managers, he replied, not knowing that I was the forgotten employee, the employee that never works of Company X. I tried to wiggle my way out of it, but I was stuck. Begrudgingly, 
I made my way into the brightly lit conference room, thinking that it couldn't be that bad. After all, it was Friday, there would probably be Krispy Kreme donuts, and I could just easily sit there and not say a word. Uh, but I was very, very wrong. First rule of, I guess, being the forgotten employee is don't be memorable at all. And don't go to any meetings. Don't go to any meetings. First, like I feel like that's a one-way trip to be assigned something. Bad, bad sign number one. Nowhere in the room was there the distinct aroma of honey glaze goodness. Even the coffee pot was ominously switched off. This is a horribly bad sign in the corporate world. Lack of food means that the meeting will be about business-related issues. What, what meetings are people having? Wait, anyone that works in corporate, what are the other meetings beside business-related issues that people are having? Because is that not, isn't that the point of meetings? Okay, anyway. Bad side number two. The normal large conference table is nowhere to be found. In its place is a U-shaped formation of folding tables. U-shaped formation equals audience participation equals horribly, horribly bad. I hope OP is like coming up with some story of like what he's been doing for the past six months. Oh yeah, like I've been working on the uh, the, the the Egerton account. I've been working on this Excel spreadsheet um, and also uh, making sure morale is high by uh, choosing the the softball team for for the company kickoff next quarter. But I don't I didn't even know I, 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 what do you even say? What do you even say? And how do you prove it if they follow up? This is code red right now. Bad sign number three. I reflexively reached over by the door for the inevitable handout and felt nothing. No handout equals note-taking is mandatory. I begin to have a very sinking feeling about this meeting. Bad sign number four, standing in front of the stained dry erase board was the nemesis of all forgotten employees, the director of people's services, aka human resources Nazi. I was a Warsaw Jew face-to-face -face with Himmler. Okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, are we taking this a little bit far? But then again, OP's fake livelihood is on the line. So she glanced at me as I quickly averted my stare, but I thought that I may have caught a glimmer of recognition in her eyes. Recognition is the enemy of the forgotten employee. Remember that. And that, my friends, scared the hell out of me. The beer sweat started rolling off my forehead as I ran through my options. I was about 15 feet inside the doorway and she had seen me. Quick flight was out of the question. I was forced to sit through this meeting and try to keep my cover. Looking at the U-shaped formation of tables, I decided to sit directly in the middle, contending that if any type of let's go around the room shit went on, she would undoubtedly start from one of the ends of the room. I took my company cell phone off and set it on the table, then proceeded to sit and wait. Also, OP is playing some like 4D chess right now. Like the fact that OP thought to sit in the middle is, is genius. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into not working. There, 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 this, this is not easy. No, I don't think anyone could just pull this off. So, uh, but take notes, take notes. Unfortunately, the meeting turned into my worst nightmare. Buzzwords started keying off alarms in my head as they flowed from the mouth of the hideous HR gargoyle. Teamwork, employee insight, 
departmental budgets, etc. The meeting was a quarterly employee idea meeting where managers would gather and share what work their teams had accomplished and what they were looking forward to. And considering my team had been effing contracted on September 11th, and I was currently a free agent with no intention of signing with anybody, I was worried. And then it happened. Let's go around the room and say what the general view among your reporting employees is to the future of Company X. Shit. I knew I was fucked and I needed to get out. My heart skipped a beat as the first ass kisser on the end started babbling away about how great his employees are and started calling them off by name. I needed a fire alarm, a stroke, or a meteor strike, and it needed to be soon. OP is asking for the most. A meteor strike? You want to have something that made the dinosaurs go extinct to make this meeting go extinct. You want to go that far? but maybe that's what's needed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before I was forced to open my mouth and out myself as a non-working leech to the rest of the world, my eyes searched the room for something to help me out. The fire alarm was too far away, as was the window. The light switch was directly behind me, but was only as a last resort. I had almost given up hope when my eyes situated on the table in front of me. My cell phone. I needed a phone call, and I needed it as soon as possible. Telekinesis failed me for a good two minutes as it came closer and closer to being my turn. Then I realized something amazing. I was wearing my bar pants. The beauty of my bar pants is that they have amazingly deep pockets. Is that fashion? It sounds like cargo pants. It sounds like cargo pants, and cargo pants are the enemy of fashion. Prove me wrong in the comments if you think not. I also feel like pockets are generally the en enemy of fashion. Like utility is the enemy of fashion. That's why all of the, you know, like, like all of my girlfriends that have like, you know, like cute little dresses or pants, no, not, no functional pockets. And it looks great because there are no pockets. And nestled down past the crumpled up $1 bills, the napkins, the receipts, and the Bud Light bottle caps was my saving grace. My wife's cell phone why do you have your wife's cell phone? And listed under the letter A in her pre-programmed numbers was my work cell phone. A rush of excitement filled me and my hand started slowly inching towards my pocket. Because of the angle of my leg, I couldn't reach into my pants without drawing unwanted attention. Sounds like you're about to start masturbating. Uh, <laughs> uh, but let's move past that. So I had to make a go for it from the outside. Still sounds like you're masturbating. It was only two clicks, one on the down button in the middle to highlight my number and the other on the send button. But timing was crucial as it came closer to my time to speak. I felt the outline of the phone, my fingers skimming the display screen and pushed down once on the scroll button, then mashed to the left to send the call. I believe victory was mine. 
But unfortunately, the phone on the desk remained silent. Also, I guess this is this this uh this story is a, a, a little ways away from the present because uh he ain't on a touchscreen. I believed 10 seconds passed, 20 seconds, and yet nothing happened. I had obviously highlighted the wrong name to call. It struck me as mildly humorous that somewhere one of my wife's friends was answering a call from her cell phone, blissfully unaware of my epic struggle to free myself from the meeting from hell. As soon as it was obvious that I had dialed the wrong number, I moved my thumb back to the right and punched the end button approximately 10 times, hoping to cancel everything out. The train of talking had reached the person sitting next to me, and the focus of the room was in my general direction. I probably only had one chance to pull it off, and I had to do it discreetly. Again, if you're like messing with stuff in your pocket, it's gonna like that 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 looks really that looks really sketchy. So uh I wish you the best OP <laughs> you try to call discreetly. With my body turned towards the speaker, my hand creeped down once more. I coughed slightly as a distraction while my fingers made a ninja flick across the scroll and send keys. Then I moved my hands to the table and waited. Five seconds, 10 seconds went by. The person next to me was finishing up. It was almost my turn. I thought I was completely done for, and then it happened. The cell phone lit up and the telltale Nokia tone started resonating through the room. Opie has done it. All eyes shot to me as I tried my hardest to contain my elation. I grabbed my phone and pushed the answer button. Ben, I said authoritatively. My voice echoed through the speaker as the cell phone in my pocket picked up the background noise. Oh, yes, sir, Mr. Name of the Company Vice President at the corporate office. I have the information at my desk. Can it wait? Oh, I understand. Okay, wait, so Opie just faked a call from his boss. I then covered up the phone and said to the HR Nazi, do you mind? She was taken aback, but smiled and nodded. It was all the break I needed. I sprung out of the chair and headed for the door, pretending like I was talking, nodding absentmindedly to myself, engaged in a pretend conversation with my pants, but I was temporarily free. I hurried back to my office, closed the door, and waited. The time was 12 noon, and I was sure that soon the HR Nazi would show her face and ask to sit down and chat about what I had missed at the meeting. I browsed Reddit and other forums for the next four hours. Four hours? You're in your little office away from the meeting? Oh, my God. Uh, every set of footsteps by my door sending me on a frenzy of window minimization. Four o'clock rolled by. Cars began to leave the parking lot. My phone had not rung. My Outlook inbox was still empty. At five o'clock, the lights went out in my office. I sat in complete darkness for five minutes, 10 minutes. OP is really trying not to get caught here. A half hour went by as I sat in a semi-daze alone in a dark office. Then it hit me. I was safe. I was forgotten. All was right with the world. I took out my cell phone and played a silent celebratory game of Snake. And there is more. There's a part three. There's more to this story. But man, like it just like this story makes me think of just how over bloated corporate America is. Like how many of us actually need to be working? Like 
do we even need to be working at all for the world to keep running? Like how many workers could we fire and everything would be okay? It's like, uh, the, I, I don't know if this is actually true, but like, like when Twitter was bought by Elon Musk, he's like, oh, we can fire 80% of the workers and it's still run. Um, I don't know if that's true. I don't think it's true, but like, even if it's a, a fraction of that is right. Like how bloated are American or just corporations in general? Probably hella. And so I'm just thinking like, if OP can do it, can you too? Can you have the American dream sitting on your ass, reading Reddit stories and not having to do one lick of work? Um, let me know if like, you know anything about corporate America. If anyone who knows anything about corporate America, is it as like bloated and bureaucratic as OP is making it seem? I, I don't really know because I haven't really worked many corporate jobs, but let's get into part three. I had been dreading this day. In the back of my mind, I knew it was coming. In all my years here, my anniversary date has held as a beacon of hope. The promise of yet another pay raise, yet another shining star in the corporate report card that would one day land me a corner office with a view. This year, however, I wish that it would never come. I was sure that my ninth anniversary at this corporate juggernaut would raise sufficient enough flags to bring the human resources ninjas swinging through my office windows, sending the old copies of Baseball Weekly and collected Mountain Dew bottles flying in a maelstrom of broken dreams as they hauled me off to some cubicle to start being a productive member of society. Because again, OP is thinking, I guess like every year you might get like a, is like a status report of like, hey, did you do a good job? And then maybe you get a raise. But if they do this, then they're going to be like, wait, so like, what have you been doing uh, that you deserve this raise? So let's get into it. The email was waiting for me as I came in late to work. The return address was the same. The return address was a name that I did not recognize. But the all familiar HR printed in bold at the end of it sent a shiver up my spine. I opened it up and all at once, a feeling of relief, bewilderment, and hope overcame me. Wait, what could, this, what could this be? There's no way this man's getting a raise for not doing a single bit of work for months and months and months. Quote, Moonshine Employ 412. Our records indicate that you are due for an annual performance review on September 10th. Please report to your designated departmental director, none on none, for your review. As you are a non-supervised managerial other employee, please submit a self-review detailing past accomplishments. Self-reviews must be submitted no later than September 13th to employee review at companyname.com. Best regards, HR Nazi. Wait, so he gets to review himself? Is this like, this is like, like I don't know if you've ever written like a, a reference letter for yourself. Like one of you, I remember it like when I was in high school, um, one of my high school teachers was like, Hey, I, I was like, Oh, I asked one of my high school teachers, like, Hey, can you write a reference letter for me? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Just write it yourself. And then I'll sign it. And I wrote the most glowing, like Samuel Donner is the best student I've had in my 20 years of teaching at Loyola high school. And I will never recover as he leaves my grade because there will never be anyone like him. Uh, still didn't get into Harvard though, but you know, got waitlisted at Princeton, but I was going to go for music school. So that's 
not neither here nor there. But yeah, I guess like if he's writing his own, if he's writing his own review, is he? I think he's gonna be good. He's still gonna have to write about his accomplishments. But is anyone gonna check up on that? I reread the letter twice, trying my hardest to figure out any hidden meanings. The good news was that from the form letter, it seemed as though they had no idea what I did. The bad news was neither did I. I had three days to find out some kind of good response and send it back in a very unthreatening fashion. I actually needed to do work and the clock was ticking. This feels like a like a like a like die hard, but instead of just like taking place in an office with like guns going about, it's just like taking place in an office and it's OP with Mountain Dews and Reddit open trying to figure out how to disable this ticking time bomb that's just an HR email. <laughs> what's a what's a die hard? Let's uh, come on down, come down to California, have a few laughs. Um, so 20 minutes later, I'm sitting in the bar at Applebee's downing a cooled Bud Light and pondering my situation. Solutions including prolonged vacation, botched workplace injury, and phone call to HR to ask what I do were summarily, were soon dismissed, and I had hit a dead end. I finished off another beer, and a thought suddenly hit me. Every two weeks, without fail, I had received a paycheck at my house. Although I had rarely opened them, I knew there was a section on there that listed a departmental code, a simple four-digit number that would hold the answer to what my company thought I did. I paid my bill and headed home, determining to wake up in the morning and figure out what I was going to do with myself. You're not going to figure it out before you get to bed. Unfortunately, when I got home and opened up an old paycheck, I realized my department code was listed as 0000, which I feared was the default code. I couldn't have been more wrong. I'm always left on these, these cliffhangers. I showed up at nine o'clock on September 11th, marking my first return to actual working hours in months. My first stop was to the accounting section of the building where I cornered a temp employee and asked real managerial like, what department does code 0000 refer to? She typed a few numbers into her computer and replied with something that blew me away. Workplace safety. I staggered back a bit, but tried to regain my composure quickly. How many employee entries are there in the workplace safety group? She typed two more entries and came back with Moonshine here in Detroit and James Alexander in the Fort Worth office. So Moonshine is OP. It was obvious she had no idea who I was, which was a bonus, but my heart sank for a minute as I realized there actually was somebody else in this company who was actually doing the non-job that I was somewhat tasked to do. I retreated to my office and tried to plan my next move. Workplace safety. I thought trying to take in the gist of what was said to me. Workplace safety, I thought, trying to take the gist of what was said to me. Was it then my job to make sure nobody walked around on stilts or ran with scissors while on company property? Not that it was a huge epidemic around here, but I was somewhat freaked that the next time Lumpy McBumperfuck in shipping and receiving decided to pour lie on his groin that I would be responsible. The only answer was to find James Alexander. Now it's going taken. It's like, I'm going to find you. 
and understand what you do at this company and use it to apply to my very specific set of skills. As in, I will use it to find out how to not work one more lick than I have to. I would pretend that I was an actual working safety inspector and try and pry him about what kind of work he did. I was able to track down the number to the Fort Worth office and gave him a call. James Alexander was the reply. Mr. Alexander, this is Moonshine, the Detroit safety inspector. I was wondering if you could help me with a couple of items that I've got going up here. There was a pregnant pause, then a quick hold on as I was put on hold. About 20 seconds passed by, then he came back on the line, his voice down at a whisper. Who do you work for? I thought quickly, Greg McDonald, I lied. I've never heard of a Greg McDonald. And he told you to call me? Alexander asked, sounding somewhat worried. No, sir, I did it of my own volition. Yet another pause. Then, are you really a workplace safety employee? I recognized something in his voice and decided to take a shot. Wait, I think I, think I know what's happening, but I see you in the comments if you, if, you, if you see what's happening right here. I knew I was putting everything on the line, but it felt as though I was at a point, regardless of whether or not I admitted my status to the stranger on the phone. I took a deep breath and answered a very confident no. Are you with HR? Was the stern reply. No. Then what do you do? Nothing. There was yet another pause and a flash of heat cascaded over my skin. There was a barely intelligible snort, almost laughter. Then he replied, me neither. They're kindred spirits. Wait, that means they can report to each other and no one ever has to know. This could ha- this go on forever. It was like I had asked him if he had stairs in his house. Only the answer was 100 times more exciting. It turns out James Alexander of Fort Worth, Texas was an original workplace safety inspector and had been with the company for seven years. About three years ago, the department was dissolved and the responsibility for oversight was placed in the hands of our company's quality control department back down in Florida. He was furloughed for a period of five months. Then one day he received a letter asking him to return to work. When he returned to work, he was given temporary quarters in a recently abandoned office and was told he would be given new assignments shortly. Shortly turned in to two years. Two years, man, has been doing nothing. I was amazed that I was not the only one who was forgotten in this corporation. He told me that all he did was browse the internet and replace the contents of the first aid kit when they ran low. (laughs) He had never failed to receive a raise and was never once accosted by any higher-ups. He and I postulated that the computer must have defaulted to a 0000 code when none was inputted for for my company file. Luckily, Here, 0000 wasn't just a code meaning nothing. It was actually still the defunct workplace safety group. He told me, count my blessings, and hung up the phone with a sincere good luck. Okay, but then it still like begs the question, what do you do in this report? The next day, I showed up at work with a new purpose in life. What I had come across was even better than having no job. I now have a job with no responsibilities. I walked throughout the office looking at light sockets, chairs, and microwaves, exactly as I supposed that a safety inspector would do. Later that day, 
I would write my personal review, remembering to keep it vague and short so as not to rouse attention. James had informed me that most reviews would be automatically answered with a standard raise without ever crossing the desk of anybody except an HR secretary. How is this company still running that they're just giving everyone a raise no matter what? Just so long as you don't admit to doing anything extraordinarily good or bad. So I wrote, quote, employ moonshine number 412. Accomplishments. Maintained a zero accident rate in the Detroit corporate and shipping offices for the entire 2002 calendar year. I guess this is from 2002. Damn, we went way back for this story. Responded to every safety issue in a timely fashion. This internal customer service was accomplished within the allotted budget. Heightened awareness for safety-related issues among employees. I hit send and waited for the possible downfall the next week. This past Wednesday, I showed up at work with a bottle of aspirin from 7-Eleven and a rubber carpet bumper that I picked up from a Home Depot. Back where the employees go out to smoke, the carpet at the door was horribly mangled and many an unhappy soul was sent crashing to the floor by a misplaced step on the hazard. So first thing I did was put the bumper down and glue it into place using some bullshit Billy Mays fabric crap glue that the Yahoo at the Home Depot said worked wonders. It wasn't pretty, but now there was no danger of tripping. I am responding to workplace safety issues, keeping under budget as the $9 came out of my pocket. I placed a sign on the wall next to the bumper seen below. I'm excited to read this sign. This also reminds me of like this story I heard a while ago where there was this company that invoiced Google for $100,000 a month, like every month because they had their like invoice information and Google just paid it for years. But then eventually they got caught and had to uh, go to jail for fraud. But I wonder if you would go to jail for fraud for this. Quote, Moonshine Employee 412. We are pleased to announce that your annual performance review has been deemed satisfactory. As a result, your pay rate has been increased by 5% retroactive to September 1st, 2002. Sincerely, HR Nazi. Now, a week has passed and nothing else has happened. I was asked to check a battery in a smoke detector by a secretary yesterday who had unfortunately seen me place the bumper in the back hallway. So yes, I now have to do some work, but until the camel spiders invade accounting and I've got fatalities on my hands, I will continue to sit here playing snake on my Nokia and browsing the something awful forums. I am Moonshine, the protector of Detroit corporate shipping and receiving, here to make sure nobody falls down on my watch. Whoo! Man is going. I mean, like, like he actually is getting a little bit of responsibilities, and I guess some people know him as the office safety manager, but that was some 40 chess. And also knowing that there's like another mole in the company that's doing nothing, that's kind of sick. Um, I feel like you guys should work together to like figure this thing out. Uh, and maybe see if you can get even bigger raises. But but there is a part four, and the first line is they're on to us. So I am very worried for our protagonist uh, that he might have to do some work, but let's get into it. This boss ain't happy, see? Uh, what's wrong, boss? We're running low on respect. 
This podcast ain't got enough five-star ratings on Spotify. What do we do, bud? Yeah, boss. Yo, the one listening. Go to OKOP's profile page on Spotify. Click about and then give us five stars, capiche? They did, boss. Ah, beautiful. Now we're the most respected family in this goddamn town. Thanks, listener. You're now an honorary member of our family. Remember, we take care of our own.